Welcome, welcome to the Pixels and Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I'm going to try and keep it a little bit chill this week. I think it was a a mental episode last week with having two guests on. So we're going to go back to basics, just me rambling about some news topics, but also like just some stuff I've written down here. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. And the big news this week is that Xbox is potentially going third party and completely abolishing their exclusives. Now, there's been loads and loads and loads of articles about this one. It's mainly like just clickbait stuff where you could basically say Xbox is bringing all of their exclusives to both Nintendo Switch consoles and PS5. But no, you've had the, oh, Gears of War is coming to PlayStation. Halo is coming to PlayStation. You've had all that sort of stuff. Now, this one's been rumoured for a while in the sense that I think Hi-Fi Rush and maybe like Sea of Thieves and stuff is coming to the Switch. And I don't think anyone really saw this coming with like the big exclusives. And as far as my opinion goes on this whole thing, if it's real, because at this point, Phil Spencer hasn't held this conference where they're essentially going to explain like their methods going forward and like how they're going to be delivering games. So it's still speculation at this point. But my thoughts is I think it's a good and a bad thing because if you know me, you know that I hate exclusives and I hate the fact that certain people are locked out of playing different franchises that they may or may not be interested in because of the hardware that they've purchased. So I think having like a wider audience for things like Gears of War and Halo like on PlayStation is unprecedented, but I think it would just be incredible for the game's like longevities. And it's great that PlayStation players can now enjoy these games and it's one step closer to ending these console wars, which are just stupid. Like my piece of plastic's better than your piece of plastic. It's it's daft. But being able to have like the best of both worlds, like if you have a PlayStation, you get the great exclusives and then you get like the, the multiplayer offerings that Microsoft tend to put out. I think it's just, it's going to be great as a gamer. But on the other hand, it's less competition for Sony in the long run because if Microsoft kind of scale back their exclusive push, it gives Sony like the the main say over the market and essentially if Microsoft come out of the console space entirely and just focus on becoming like a big publisher there's no one to really rival Sony and kind of keep them a little bit more grounded because competition is healthy and we've seen what Sony can do once they start getting a little bit big-headed I think in the past especially with the PlayStation 3 like the price of the thing and all the like little weird scummy tactics that they, they, they try to do is not great. And hopefully they don't go down that whole rabbit hole again. But we'll have to wait and see with that one. But I think as far as being a gamer goes and having access to more games on more platforms is generally a great thing. And I'm not going to lie, I will be a little bit sad if Microsoft come out of the console space because I do mainly play my Series X as like my main console. Like I much prefer the controller to the Xbox. I prefer achievements over trophies. I don't know, it's just it's ever since the 360 era, I've just been like more leaning towards Microsoft and the Xbox. Well, apart from the Xbox One generation, which I got a PlayStation instead of an Xbox One originally, but that's that's a whole thing. But yeah, like the the whole Xbox ecosystem, I have a lot of money invested into that, like buying digital games and all that sort of stuff. And it would be sad to kind of lose that in a way if Microsoft do end up coming out of the console space. But I think, again, it's, it's speculation at this point, so we can't really say either way. 
I believe Phil Spencer is holding a press conference this week to like detail what the the, the situation's going to be. So we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that one. And yeah, you could probably like ramble about this forever, but I'm I'm just going to leave it at that. I overall I'm positive, but slightly apprehensive at the same time. And being a Pokemon fan this week has been very interesting because there's been a leak that Nintendo and Game Freak are basically remaking Generation 2 Pokemon games, but in the style of Pokemon Let's Go. Now, these little logos were kind of leaked. I don't know if they're real, if they're not. It's too early to say at this point, but it's Pokemon Let's Go Togepi and Let's Go Whooper. <laughs> and these are going to be Generation 2 remakes in the style of Pokemon Let's Go, but with a little bit of, like, refinements here and there i believe they mentioned that held items are going to be a thing again it's going to be a little less casual but still it's obviously let's go so there's going to be the throwing the pokeball mechanic instead of the battling and all that sort of thing and that's very much like some people like that some people don't i'm indifferent on it i think having a generation 2 remake will be good but the main thing is that this is potentially going to be the last pokemon game on the nintendo switch because it's been rumoured that the Nintendo Switch 2, the successor to the Nintendo Switch, is going to be announced very, very soon. I heard potentially it's as early as March, and it would make sense for them to like just end this generation off with a Pokemon game, but one that isn't necessarily reliant on being a mainline thing, because if they were to remake Generation 5 for the Switch, I think it's a lose-lose situation if the new console is coming out and can then demonstrate more power, essentially, and having more polished Pokemon games, especially with the release of Pal World, which, regardless of the copyright issues and all that, it's sold, or I believe it's got around 20 million players now between Steam and Xbox, and I think Nintendo have to be looking at that a tiny bit and just thinking, wait a minute, if we actually put some effort into this, we could be huge, and Fingers crossed that's going to be the case with the next Pokemon game on the next Switch console. But for now, let's go Whooper and let's go Togepi, which I think are interesting choices of Pokemon. Now, Dave made a good point when I was talking to him about this. He said that they've already used Pikachu, so why would they use Pichu again? And when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that makes a little bit of sense because it could be confusing. But I'm all for going back to the Johto region and having the Kanto post game, which is one of the biggest reasons why the Johto region is one of my favourite regions. Like, you get to explore Johto, but you also get to go to Kanto. And with it being a Let's Go game, they have all of the assets there for the Kanto region, so it's essentially just porting that over. And I think that's why this game is, like, the next logical step for the franchise. And hopefully having a year or two off from the mainline games is going to just be what Game Freak need to like reinvigorate the franchise for either the Gen 5 remakes or Generation 10, whatever comes first. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they decided to go with Wooper because Wooper isn't necessarily a baby Pokemon, but we'll see. I'm I'm positive about this. I hope it's real because I'm down for a Johto remake. And like I said, my whole Pokedex journey thing, what I'm trying to do is complete the Pokedex by having... Pokemon from different regions and all that sort of thing. That's kind of on the back burner at the minute and having it, the Johto region available on Switch would be good for that project that I am currently working on, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And my last little bit of news this week is that the Fortnite Festival guitar made by PDP got an actual trailer. It's been announced. It's real and it's coming out very soon, I believe. I think it's spring, they said. 
And yeah, I'm super, super hyped for this because it's just, I'm so in the rock band mood and being able to play guitar on Fortnite Festival will be great. I purchased my first song on that for 500 V-Bucks. It was Olivia Rodrigo's Get Him Back. Banger of a tune, that is. So yeah, they, I believe one of the like popular guitar hero rock band streamers got hands-on with this guitar and he said that it was the best rock band guitar out there. So yeah, hype for this. I hope it's not too pricey. I'm going to say around £100 would be the ideal range. I think anything over that would be asking a lot and wouldn't be necessarily great for the consumer. But I'm going to be there pre-ordering day one because I need to get my hands on this. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to rocking out in Fortnite Festival. And I really hope that this thing sells well, because then it could potentially spur Microsoft and Activision to then revive Guitar Hero. But probably and not with the stupid weird Guitar Hero Live stuff. But one thing that is interesting with the PDP guitar is that it has the coloured buttons. Now, in Fortnite Festival, obviously, the fretboard and the colour of the notes are all purple. So I do wonder if they're going to essentially change up the layout once this guitar has come out. So when you plug the guitar in, it's going to be green, red, yellow, blue and orange instead of just purple. And I really hope they do that. I think it would be nice if you could customize it like you can on like Clone Hero. But actually, another thing that's interesting is that they said this guitar would work on PC. So I'm going to assume that means it's going to work on Clone Hero. And again, it's just music to my ears because I'm all for that rock band life and I really want this franchise to make a resurgence and just do well in general because I can't see Harmonics and Epic making a rock band five so they need to essentially put more resources into Fortnite Festival and I think I wish the the songs were a little bit cheaper but it is what it is or having the like ability to port your songs from rock band into festival I think that would be an amazing step but we'll see for now I'm I'm not sure how it's going to go but yeah excited for this one now what was released in this past week was the Naughty Dog documentary on the making of The Last of Us Part 2 I believe it was called Grounded I watched this over the course of like two days And it's really eye-opening just seeing how much love and how much heart and how much time went into this game. And it does pay off in in the final product. The game is incredible. Obviously, I have my gripes with the story. I am really wanting to go back and replay it, I think, with the new update that's just come out for the remastered version. But watching the behind the scenes, like, things that went on during the production of this game, just seeing how it evolved over time and how they like handled Joel's death and how COVID impacted the production of the game. It's just bonkers to to like see how it all came together. And I'd really, really, really recommend this documentary as like a fan of the the series and also just as a fan of games as a whole, like seeing the behind the scenes process of these games is really like just fascinating and it's unbelievable how many people physically work on the game and it's kind of crazy how these games get made in the first place like there's it's such a collaborative process and it's insane that anything gets made really but yeah as far as the last of us goes i was having this discussion with one of my friends at work and we were basically talking about how The Last of Us has become a franchise. And I think initially when I played the first game, I was very much in the camp of it doesn't need a sequel. They do actually address that in the documentary. It's 
a big thing. Like this game is regarded as perfect by a lot of people. So why would we go ahead and ruin that? And they did for a lot of people. They've kind of, they say they don't want to tarnish the first game, but I think the first game will always be there. So I, I don't necessarily understand that outlook on it. But as far as The Last of Us goes, you've got the TV show, you've got Funko Pops now, there's, there's action figures, there's all sorts of like things going on. And it's just weird to see how this like self-contained story back in 2013 has now become this mega franchise for PlayStation. And I believe Part 2 Remastered is selling like extremely well. So I'm happy for Naughty Dog in that regard because no game, in my opinion, has come close to the visual fidelity of The Last of Us Part 2 and even like the fluidity of the gameplay and the animations, the facial capture, the the performances. It's just whether or not you like the story, you can't disagree that this game is a technical masterpiece. And yeah, I really, really want to go back and play like part two again and also this new roguelike mode. Like I'm going to go on and download it on the PlayStation, I think, after this because watching that documentary has kind of given me a new outlook on the story. While I may not necessarily agree about the order in which they told the story, I can get why they did it that way. And I'm curious to see how they tackle that in the TV show. But yeah, I I definitely recommend going and watching this documentary because it's it's insane and it's just it's a it's a good watch. It's a little bit long. It's about two hours, I think. But I watched it over the course of two days when I was just like sitting in bed. I watched it an hour at a time, and yeah, it's it's really easy to digest and it's just a fun watch. Leading on from that as well, I did get YouTube Premium. Me and Ads went half as on like the family account thing, so. I think we each pay like £10 a month and we've got YouTube Premium now. And it's a game changer. I would never go back to watching adverts because ah, oh, some of those adverts on YouTube are awful. But yeah, YouTube Premium, I'd recommend that too. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of streamers lately, mainly Bork Basoup, I believe that's his name. He's a Resident Evil streamer and he's been playing Resident Evil 4, this like mod that makes the game insanely hard. I believe it's called the Berserker mod. And he's playing on like Leon Must Die difficulty. And this thing looks insanely fun. And I was kind of like debating downloading it myself and trying it. But I don't think I have the patience to sit through some of those sections. Like the double Garador room now has four Garadors, as well as all of the like the cultists and all that, but it it looks insanely fun. And I've been watching these like seven hour streams. Like I believe there's three or four of them. And not, not, not all among go. Like it's just as like, I'm just sitting with some downtime or I was like, I was grinding pal world the other day. I had it on the background and just seeing this guy who's incredible at Resident Evil, like struggle a little bit, but the mod isn't exactly unfair. Like the Rising of Evil mod. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, where it's just bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. This mod is like really, really difficult. And I don't think a casual player could play through this mod, but for people who know what they're doing, it is doable. And yeah, it's making us want to go back and play Resident Evil 4, like the remake again, because it's just an immaculate game. And in terms of gaming, I made a new purchase this week. It's the Backbone iOS like controller thing and I did this because I've got such a huge backlog and I've got a lot of games that I physically want to play currently but like sometimes I'm not in the mood to go into my office and then like set it all up and game on the big TV so I was like well if I was to buy one of these like controllers that connects to your phone you can then connect that to the Xbox and basically game anywhere so I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll have a look into them. And I settled on the, the backbone. I think it was £55 for the iOS version. 
And I'm very much looking forward to getting this one because it just means I can sit in bed at night when like my wife sat next to us reading or playing like Animal Crossing or whatever. I can just flip the, the backbone out and instead of just wasting my time scrolling Reddit, I can be working through the backlog, you know? And I can't believe it's took us this long to like purchase this because it's a great idea and I hope it works well and that like, the latency isn't too bad. But I will update you guys on that one when I've received it. But I think the next game I'm going to play is Assassin's Creed Mirage. I'm going to try and get into that one. I know that Valhalla went on to Game Pass recently, but I think that's a little bit too much of a time commitment for me currently. It's, it seems like a very daunting prospect going through that giant game. So I believe with Mirage, they've taken it back to their roots a little bit and it's like a 10 to 15 hour game, which is like perfect for where I am currently, like not only mental health wise, but with gaming in general, I don't want to be overwhelmed. So I'm kind of just like taking it easy at the minute. I am playing a couple things. I'm still playing Pal World. I'm almost finished that. I feel as though I've got my time's worth with that. I've put about two days into it. I hit level 50 recently and I've got a couple of bosses to beat and then I'll, I'll get all the achievements. And I think at that point, I'm not going to continue. I'm probably just going to delete it and move on because you can spend so much time in this world, but... Like the end game content would just be farming and making your pals a little bit stronger through breeding and stuff like that. So I think I'm not going to go for like 100% completion of the game, like getting all the effigies and catching 10 of each pal and all that sort of stuff. I think I'm going to try and beat the bosses and then maybe put this one down until they release some new content for it. Because I am satisfied with the game and I'm satisfied with my time that I put into the game. But I think I'm ready to move on to like my next thing, which as I said before, is Assassin's Creed. So yeah, Pal World is a great game, but I think I've hit that point now where it's like, yeah, I've, I've played this, I've got, I'm not going to say money's worth out of it because it's on Game Pass, but I've got like my my enjoyment out of it and I'm ready to, to, to move on to the next one. And other than that, I've been playing a lot of VR stuff lately. Like I, I still have the VR bug. I've been pushing through Resident Evil 4 VR, like just working my way through it. And actually we did this thing at work where we essentially played through the village segment. There's four of us and we recorded a video on it, which you should all go check out on the What Culture Gaming YouTube channel. And we essentially went through the village and see to see how fast like we could all do it. And it was so much fun doing that with people from work and just having fun with it and making like a gameplay video. But yeah, I've been playing Resident Evil 4 VR. I'm trying to think as to where I am. I think I just passed the, the Mendez boss fight. So I'll be getting close to the castle. And I'm not trying to rush through it. I'm trying to like take my time, savor it, you know. I think I recently moved on to the Red 9 pistol and just reloading that thing is so fun where you like you put the clip in and you just flick it to the side and the clip flies off. It's, oh man, RE4 VR is just incredible and I can't recommend it enough. And I did try Doom 3 VR. Now this is an unofficial fan mod of Doom 3. And it was weird because it gives you these cinematics, but in VR, like you're not watching a screen, you're essentially the camera, but you can see around the world whilst the cinematics are playing. And I believe you can change this to a more static version of the cutscenes. But when this was happening, it was giving us a really weird feeling. And it's not like motion sickness. It's, I, I can't really describe it, but it was giving us a little bit of a headache, but making us feel strange how the camera's cutting to different places and you can see 
different scenes happening all at once whilst you're still in the world. I don't know. I can see why a lot of official games don't do this because it is a little bit jarring and a little bit weird in a sense. I can't explain the feeling, but yeah, Doom 3 is a great game. I'm very much in the camp of I enjoyed this one like back in the day when I played it. So I'm going to try and push through this one a little bit, but I'm very much in the mindset of I don't want to be running too many games at the same time in VR because it kind of overcomplicates things. But then again, it's exciting and it's fun having new things to play and trying different versions of different games and seeing how different developers like handle the VR. So it's me getting more into the VR and having a million different games to play. It's just in the backlog, but I'm trying to pace myself a little bit. As you can probably tell, it's not working because it's like I have the memory of a goldfish and I'm just jumping from one thing to another, to another, to another. I, I don't know. More more rambling. But yeah, I, tr- I did try Slenderman VR as well, which is a side-loaded app, I believe. It's not official. But when I was playing it, my wife came in and jump-scared me, which I was not appreciative of. (laughs) I almost crapped my pants, not going to lie. So thanks for that, Sarah. But yeah, Slenderman VR, I was walking around for like 10 minutes and I didn't find one page. So I don't know what was up with that, but (laughs) I was in the mood for scary games and I saw that Paranormal Activity is a game on Quest and I was like, you know what? It's got to be done. It's got to be done. I'm going to scare the shit out of myself and just have fun with it. So I downloaded Paranormal Activity VR and played it for about 15 minutes, got maybe three jump scares and I just backed the hell out of that one. So essentially you go into this like haunted house, you can interact with all the like photos, there's like letters and things like that. You get your torch and you've got to put batteries in it. You can pick up the weird creepy teddy bears and dolls and The doors are opening and shutting and there's like things running past. You're seeing shadows. It's like the graphics aren't the best, but being immersed in this world is something else. It's just, it's this is why I think VR excels in its horror games. And I'm a little bit of a wimp, (laughs) not going to lie, when it comes to this sort of stuff. Like, I love horror. I love the horror genre. I love watching scary movies, but... There's something about being engrossed and immersed in the world that is just, it takes that fear factor up like a hell of a lot. And hopefully I'm going to be able to go back to this one without being too scared. (laughs) But yeah, I'd recommend this to somebody who owns VR and who's into their horror because it's intense. It gets intense. It gets the heart racing a little bit. And yeah, it's, it seems like it's going to be a wild ride. That's for sure. And yeah, that's going to be it. I think it's a little bit of a short episode this week, but I I just wanted it to be chill, you know, not have too much editing time. There's a lot of things going on in the world of gaming, like we're going to have to see how this Microsoft thing pans out and if these Pokemon leaks are true. But yeah, I'm just, I'm going to wait for this backbone to come and hopefully give that a try and get into Assassin's Creed and hopefully update you on how that's going. Um, If anyone has any like recommendations of things to play, I'm very much open to that. I know I have a huge backlog, but I want to try and like expand my gaming horizons a little bit more and play some new things that I haven't played. Actually, I haven't played Suicide Squad yet. That's that's on the list. I'm not looking forward to that. And like I said last week, I did get a code for that. So I didn't pay for it. But again, it's the time investment when I could be playing other things. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a go this week. But yeah. That's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow the show, you can do on X at P underscore A underscore P underscore podcast. You can follow me at Dan J Durkin and 
please don't forget to like give us five stars on Spotify and iTunes, all that good stuff. It really helps the pod out. And if you want to share, do that too. Now, I was thinking about uploading the pod onto YouTube. I'm, I'm still toying with that idea. But if you like want me to do that, please let me know. Um, But yeah, for now though, I've been Dan and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.